Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. everybody welcome to saturday morning cereal it's me dan grimshay your host who don't ever ghost your friend until the end except of course for today because oh, i'm so sorry i am overbooked i i i have to run but i promise you you are in good hands with my good friend marquee go ahead sound off marquee Actually, you know what, Marky? I don't have time for that right now. Also, sound off, Jimmy. You know what, Jimmy the Gent? You're going to have to sound off in a second, too. Guys, seriously, be cool. Okay? The commissioner needs me. Bye. (laughs) Well, hello. Not a good morning, but a happy Saturday evening to everybody. This is Marky talking, and yes, joining me as always is the lovely on loan, talent on loan from Retro Cool is Jimmy the Gent. Say hello, Jimmy. Hey, howdy, hey, listeners. This is Jimmy the Gent. How's everybody doing this afternoon? (laughs) Uh, Sorry about this uh, crazy uh, last-minute change. We had a show all lined up. Uh, it was all edited. It was all ready to go. We were about ready to save the tick. As it turns out, we're a little late for that. But, uh, you know, real art is found in the fringes. And with that in mind, we're going to bring you uh, the tick, A Hero Will Land Again, a special roundtable audio with Peter Serafinowicz, uh, Griffin Newman. Those are our two heroes, uh, joined by other heroes, uh, Brandon Hines, uh, Valerie Curie, and Scott Spiezer, um, all of those, uh, you, you guys are going to hear all of that audio uh, captured at uh, WonderCon 2019. Uh, but yes, allow me to welcome you guys again. Uh, in case you're wondering what the hell this thing is all about, uh, you are now listening to Saturday Morning Serial, the weekend talk magazine that celebrates the themes of Saturday morning TV that we not only grew up with, but that grew up with us. And there's not a show in my recent memory or in my long back memory that better represents the theme of Saturday morning cereal better than the tick. This was probably the last great Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, It kind of came on. Well, yeah, it kind of came on well after my time watching Saturday morning cartoons. It was probably like in the mid nineties, like 95. I was graduate from high school when this thing was on. Um, It only lasted three Uh, seasons. Okay, uh, but was it uh, three seasons or was it just one? Three seasons. 
Yeah, it was recent. Okay, so it was in 94, 95, 96. Okay. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, I, uh, but I, I, I'm familiar with The Tick and um, seen some of its comics. Um, I've watched all of its shows. This show is great. The best that this show's ever done on TV has been that Saturday morning cartoon with three episodes. Uh, they tried it again, Fox TV, as we all should, should know by now. Uh, cast Peter Warburton, who played Putty on Seinfeld, his perfect cast, if you ask me. Uh, Fox TV. Uh, excuse me. You, uh-huh. It's uh, it's uh, Patrick Warburton. Oh, did I say Peter? My bad. Uh, Patrick Warburton. Peter, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Putty. Uh, we all know him as Putty. Uh, he was the right. one that you know he really captured the essence of the Tick. I mean, he was fantastic. And as good as that show was. It only got nine episodes, not even a full season. And here we are again. We relive this trauma about every 10 years. Great, fantastic cast, magnificent production value, fantastic stories, funny, witty, modern, and brilliant writing. Brilliant. And then bang, it's over. Just like that. We're, we're here. We're all pumped up. We're going to save the tick. This hashtag is going to do it for us. We're all ready for it. God damn it. It's over. And here we are again. And you know what? That's okay. Why is it okay, Joe? Well, uh, it's not quite over. Maybe we're just taking a little breather break. I think uh, what we're all in an uproar about is uh, as of just yesterday, Creator Ben Enlid tweeted that he's kind of given up on the hashtag save the tick for now. He's been knocking on a couple doors and couldn't find another home for the uh, Amazon Prime production. But he did go on to say that uh, this version and this story isn't done. So he will, it might take a little while, but he will find another home for it. And um, I, I think we wanted to talk about how the tick transcends so many different mediums and uh, what, what is his appeal to the, all the different fans of those mediums. Yeah, I think you're you're mm-hmm. definitely on to something there. What's mm-hmm. what I think the actual story here is, it's not the fact that yet another tick television show has been canceled. That's happened. The actual story yeah, here is why the- does right? Why does this show, why does this character, why does this universe keep getting opportunities to land on TV? Why? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> Uh, That's the I, question. I, I right? just think it's, it's a great question. Uh, I th- a lot of it is the writing. A lot of it is, I think, uh, a, a lot of good comedy is making so- fun of something that's very familiar. And you and uh, a big chunk of the tick is uh, taking uh, swings at your bigger superhero tropes like Batman, Superman, uh, Punisher. And no matter which side of the Marvel DC fence you fall on, you they they they, they get you. Yeah, absolutely. They'll, they'll get somebody. They'll they'll get a property that you're familiar with and get you to laugh. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're. You're absolutely right. Uh, that is kind of that is where it kind of carves carves its space. Is that it? It gives you this kind of perfect kind of mold this kind of mm-hmm. tree trunk of a character in the, in the tick. He doesn't really have a backstory. Uh, his powers are pretty normal when it comes to superheroes. He's uh, in vulnerability, super, super strength, 
You know, he can leap buildings. Not invulnerable. Right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and it's just, it's, you know, you are basically allowed to create a whole world around this one character that keeps it true and yet keeps it flexible. And so you're allowed to kind of cross pollinate across the different superheroes that we've all come become very, very accustomed to. And now with all the changes in the median itself, I mean, it started off with Saturday morning cartoons. This is a medium that no longer exists. It failed there. Um, mm-hmm. It went on to primetime Fox TV. Well, it failed there. You know, just to be and hold, hold I don't know if here. Hold, hold, on, hold on, because okay. and then and then sure, and then go it goes go on ahead. to Amazon, which is a streaming service, and it fails there. And I know that word fail is kind of harsh, but what I think mm-hmm. makes this show so unique or what this character, what this universe, what this property does so different than anything else is that it, it is good and it does everything well. It always works, yet it never succeeds. <laughs> that is the brilliant of the tick. That's the brilliance of it. Mm-hmm. That's what I just cannot get over. Well, uh, you know, maybe speaking to that, uh, it, it maybe the audience, its core audience of, if if I may be like, you know, nerds, if you will, yeah, please, uh, is possibly growing a- as the character grows in the '90s. You know, uh, ner- being a nerd wasn't as cool as it is uh, in the uh, 2019s where we are now. You know what I mean? So, uh, and especially with uh, the live action version that uh, with Patrick Warburton, uh, although it was great and hilarious, you know, uh, still that was in 2001. And, and being a nerd, still we weren't as uh, a major force to be reckoned with, if, if, you know, if, if you know what I mean. So yeah. now I... I I think now there's a lot more people who are comfortable saying nerds and more comfortable saying, Hey, you know what? I, I did see that tick show and I did like it a lot. Uh, but I guess not enough of them uh, have Amazon prime, but uh, that's possibly why it keeps coming back. There's more, you know, uh, people uh, 20 years ago uh, who, who were 10 or whatever are now in position to make decisions at Fox or, or Amazon prime. And, and they say, Hey, you know what? I really did like that cartoon when I was a kid. Or that comic book when I was a lot younger. Yeah. Um, where I think this one goes a little different is that, uh, you know, when Family Guy got, you know, that's famously been canceled a dozen times by Fox. And then it went over to Cartoon Network, right, I think. Um, yeah. And, and, then, right. and then maybe it went to TBS or something. But and then it's now back at Fox. Um, or Futurama. Has, has, yeah. I mean, the, these are bouncing back and forth what makes the tick different is that it always reinvents itself. And I think that that, that goes to Ben Edlund's kind of philosophy of the character himself. You know, he mm-hmm. wants this character to remain consistent and he wants to build a whole world around him. And I think that that is, that is where, you know, that's the difference between this tick property and basically all the others. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. 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 He um, he does he does go a lot about part of what he's uh, proud of is um, you know he he's he's always wanted to put 
in the tick, in every version, he wants to put forth this sort of uh, version of a male intimacy that you don't often see, where it's not uh, hidden in jokes, it's not hidden in any sort of machismo or uh-huh. any sort of, uh, you know, trying to be tough about it. But they just, you know, he always, the tick and Arthur always just kind of have this simpatico relationship. I don't know, maybe that's not the word I want to use, but they're always just click and there's not much question about it. Nobody ever, no, they don't question it and anybody outside of them never really questions it. It's kind of just usually a show about two people who really kind of like each other and work together really well and they're not afraid to admit it. And I mean, that's yeah. kind of, uh, I, I've, that's what he's, that's what Ben has said about it. And uh, that's what uh, Griffin has said about it. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what comes through. Whether you're seeing it in a comic book, in a Saturday morning cartoon, uh, right, in any of the versions. I mean, it's really about this kind of relationship. Um, but it just doesn't work unless you have a character that's kind of anchoring it all into one universe. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could almost interchange. You know, all of these performances, you could almost just kind of swap them all around and the actual show still works. You know, I was actually watching some of the, you know, I was watching a couple of episodes, uh, um, a little cartoon. Uh, actually, why don't we listen to one of the openings? Uh, let's listen to the opening of the cartoon. Hey, Don, are you there? Hello, thanks for calling. Uh, we're going to listen to the uh Opening of the Tick cartoon. Just a second here. Here we go. You guys just heard the Tick cartoon opening, and uh, Jimmy, you were answering a call from one of our callers. Uh, I, I think was. We... It looks like we got our first ever caller, a live air on air caller. Uh, we're gonna go. If I'm doing this right, we're gonna go straight to the phones here. Is that a good time? Yeah, go ahead. And we're gonna say hello. Hey, howdy, hey, listener, you're on the air with Saturday Morning Cereal. Uh, hey, hello, are you uh, there? Hey, guys. Hey, sorry about that. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> hey, take hey, hello, hello, hello. Uh, what's your name? Hey, um, my name is John. Hey, John. Hi, John. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm enjoying the show. Hey, listen, I, I, you know, I was wondering. Um, you know, I, I love the tick, and the 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 thing about um the, these kinds of shows for me is like when you know you, you've got like for me like Patrick Warburton's portrayal of him you know, back in the day is what I kind of, what I think of. So when I was wondering, like when, a when someone like Peter goes to take over the role, what does he do to prepare for that? Or does he, 
does does that affect him a lot or um is he influenced by that a lot or 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 what does he do or even like the the cartoon version too um well yeah uh, kind of, and you know yeah i think you know uh, we were actually talking about that and how you could you could almost interchange all the different tick versions across you could basically swap them put put the 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 cartoon voice performance put him in a suit and put him in the fox series take patrick warburton put his voice into the cartoon series and and so on you can kind of flip them all around and it's still all kinds of it's it still it still all works um how do you kind of build on that and yet kind of distinguish yourself, you know? And I, I've been kind of curious of that myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, uh, I'll, well, I'll, I'll listen offline. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. For okay. The call. Hey, Hey, thanks for the call. I think it was John. Uh, all right, thanks John. Hey man. Uh, thank you. So yeah. Oh, well, we did get a chance when I was at uh WonderCon for uh bleeding cool. I did get a chance to talk to the cast. And I did get a chance to uh, ask Peter Fedowitz if he was influenced by uh, uh, Coleman Townsend's performance or by Patrick Wolverton's performance. And uh, if this is a good time, maybe we could go into that interview. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a great time. Uh, okay. Everybody, so why, why don't we say about his influences? Yeah. Why don't we turn on the magic interview machine and take us back to magic interview 2019. Machine. Take us back. <laughs> Uh, I forgot to put in the sound effect, but uh, okay, uh, Patrick, take us to WonderCon 2019 roundtable interview. Uh, It was a one-on-one, right? Uh, Wasn't it just you and them? It was, uh, well, it was uh, myself, my son, and there was uh, one other interviewer. She only, we kind of dominated the questions, though, yeah. Attaboy. Okay, here we go. Take us back to WonderCon 2019 uh, with Peter Serafinowicz and Griffin Newman, both The Tick and Arthur. Here we go. What's my favorite? Um, there's the one, it was from Taco Bell, I think, that's like the wacky wall crawler. Yeah. yeah. With the sticky wingtip where it goes down. That was fun because I would do that on my dressing room mirror. Um, I mean, they're mostly, you know, I have the collection of all of them to fill the void of me not having one that looks like me. I'm very jealous yeah. of Peter because he got the Funko Pop. <laughs> and I'm still constantly looking on that front. Um, I think, yeah, those ones are fun. I mean, the ones, any of the ones that I like things that do things. Mm-hmm. There's like a little wind-up one that's him on a pink Vespa. That's fun. There's a, there's a water gun one. From the, yeah, from like Taco Bell or sort of what? Yeah, Carl's Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a whole bunch of. Uh, yeah, I like that. Like the tick yeah. had a finger puppet. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm Peter. Peter? Grandma. I'm Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Hi. Very nice Hi. I'm with Linda Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. I'm Peter. Nice to meet you. And are you all from Bleeding Cool? I'm Jimmy from Bleeding Cool. Uh, she is not. I'm from Nintendo. Gotcha. Rebecca, Jimmy, two Jimmy. Yes. Great. Cool. <laughs> Want to make sure I wasn't uh, forgetting one. You could call us, Rebecca, if that'd make it easier for you. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's, by the way, the, the correct plural is two Jimmy. Two Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not Jimmy. It's two Jimmy. Two Jimmy. One Jimmy. Two Jimmy. Two Jimmy. Yeah, get it all the time. Um, so let's first start off with Tick, maybe talk about the new costume, the Tick's new costume. Next question. Please. Next question. Uh, Tick's old costume. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Uh, uh, yeah, no. How much, uh, we were just talking a little bit before you sat down, uh, we're big fans of every incarnation of the Tick and Arthur. So I'm wondering how much do you pull from uh, past incarnations, whether the live action uh, 
Patrick Warburton or Thompson Coleman? No, I, I, I consciously tried not to be uh, influenced by those performances. They're both so endearing and, you know, they're definitive as they define the, the character. Like, even, so there's, there's no there's no way that it wouldn't just seep in but I didn't I, I really tried not to I only saw just a little bit for instance of, of the Patrick Warburton show and I thought such a I loved his performance and I didn't want to I didn't want people to think oh he's just doing his version of Patrick Warburton's uh, portrayal so I, the bit that I saw I just loved and there's no way that could have seeped in. But, you know, I wanted to have my my own take on it. And, you know, and Griff's a, been a huge fan That's of the tick right. all his life. I had a so huge like, burden of having it in my brain and knowing I liked it. And so then there's that challenge of just like, well, there's a notion in my head that's very well established of who Arthur is and how he moves and what he sounds like, even though three other people played him before. The, the universality of those different performances clicked in my mind, and then you have to not get caught in the rut of trying to do an impression of them, right, yeah. which a lot of that was just uh, the script was so different, and especially Arthur's journey in season one was so different than anything anyone has gotten to do with Arthur, that I would try to focus to some degree on, like, just take this scene as a scene. Don't think about the fact that this is a character you've grown up loving. But there is that feeling of like, I remember going with my friends to see uh, uh, Captain America Civil War, and when Tom Holland came on screen for the first time, we were like, oh my god, that's Spider-Man. And it wasn't, oh, he's doing a good performance. It was like, this guy is fundamentally Spider-Man. That feels like what Spider-Man feels like in my mind. He doesn't sound specifically like some other version. But so I tried to find the midpoint between what are the key elements that all the different versions of Arthur have that I want to capture so that it feels right in that way, and then how much do I can I just on the day approach the scene as an actor and do it the best I can without worrying about living up to expectations. That's kind of a problem. I had to downplay how much of a fan I was when I was auditioning and meeting with Ben because I could tell he wanted people who didn't feel beholden. And then after I'd gotten the part and I started asking all these questions, I could see the terror in his eyes. It's like, <laughs> I catfished me. Uh, you, you know all these characters? Are you the set expert? There? Oh, there's two degree, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm even the guy who, like, nudges Ben and goes, can we do this thing from the comic? Like, I'll remind him sometimes. I don't think Tick would do this. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. But of the cast, I mean, certainly, I think I'm the one who's the most obsessed with about the, yeah. the history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More, more than that. Right? More than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, you, uh, the relationship between your characters is how is that going to develop in a period I guess uh, it's, it's like, it's just like watching this, this friendship continue and like, it feels like the it feels like Arthur, in a way, rejected Tick's friendship for most of the first season, and that was that was what Tick wanted more than anything was for Arthur to be his friend. But now they are friends, and that's all that Tick wants. And there's just something there's something I enjoy about just watching Tick and Arthur 
those just those scenes of them doing not really very much. And, and season one was so much sort of like the romantic comedy of our courtship, yeah. you know, and all the like banter trying to get to the point where we realize we want to be together. Yeah. And uh, you know, most like romantic comedies end with oh the successes they ended up together and now they're happy, but then you know in real life that it's like no relationships take work whether they're friendships or your yeah. family or your lovers or anything they're they're people but you have to like put work into and so that's the dynamic in season two is like okay how do we like keep this functional yeah but they, but they have like pretty functional relationship yeah. it's, it's there's no more resistance on Arthur's side he's so fully accepted this yeah. Tick and what Tick represents and the life he's going to live now yeah. the fear of I shouldn't get involved with this guy I don't belong in the battlefield he's gone that's gone so now and there were little like, hey. little niggles that, that annoy yeah. we sort of rub up against each right. other a little bit but on the whole it's a quite a successful yeah, marriage yeah. and they still <laughs> they think each other's really pretty cool you know Ben said to me once that one of those things he's tried to do with the tick in every version is put forth a, a sort of version of male intimacy that you don't often see where yeah. it's not couched in any jokes like uh, you know and it's not uh, couched in any sort of machismo yeah. and sort of detachment that yeah. it's like a show about two people who really kind of love each other and, and work well together and meet each other uh, but and aren't too cool to admit it how much yeah. they mean to each other yeah and it's, and I guess it's, it, it, it highlights a difference between machismo or whatever you how, how did you pronounce like, it? Uh, I've mispronounced my word machismo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and like so yeah that's a really good point is like the the these two guys who are intimate friends, yeah. they hug each other, but also, like, Tick is the strongest human being on the planet. Or you know? one of the weakest. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's, it's yeah. It's, yeah. There's no conflict there. No, they, but there's no, yeah. yeah there's, there's the, no. the conflicts this season are more about what the Tick and Arthur are facing together. Yeah. We, there isn't sort of the infighting conflict that comes with the refusal yeah. to call no. stuff. We had to do in season one. And and they don't like they they have pretty similar opinions. Yeah. They they don't like wildly differ on issues. They're trying to where, figure out how to execute them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they trust each other to and they they yeah. know each other's strengths. You know. Yeah. Like Arthur's strength is paperwork. It Incredibly. turns out like that that's his superpower. All those years of uh, counting. Yeah. And yeah. Tick's strength is strength. <laughs> So, yeah. um, Arthur's weakness is weakness. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you, you get to see, uh, you get to see that, that, like, when the, you know, this paperwork, like, Tick just is really, he's almost in tears. I mean, Peter will play it you know? as like a physical ailment. Anytime there's a lot of forms on the show because we get involved in this shield-like agency, and unlike the Marvel universe where they past all the registration. Yeah. We have to spend many weeks going through yeah. the corridors of power. Yeah. And uh, it, it literally, Peter like has a, I mean, in his performance, it's like a physical, it's kryptonite being brought close and starts sweating. Yeah. He's sort of convulsive, clenching up, and I have to sort of calm him down. Yeah. Like, I got this. I'm, I filled it out. It's fine. It's how I, it's how I feel in, in real life. And it's right. also how Ben feels yeah. about paperwork. It was, that was the hardest I, 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 thing I, I, I had to do as yeah. a performer was act like I enjoyed it. 
But the other thing with the pick is that, like, the questions in his life are like, who's good, who's bad, what should we do, fight crime? The questions that he can't answer are name, location, (laughs) you know, like, those things freak him out. Yeah, the the props department on the show was so good to fill out all the forms for us, because you have to do so many copies of it, they would, you know print out multiples with the answers filled in, yeah, and, and they would write put them. in this amazing jo- yeah. Yeah, location, yeah. Arthur's apartment, you know? <laughs> yeah, they'd write all this stuff in characters. Yeah, yeah. special great. skills, <laughs> hanging out with Arthur. <laughs> he only understands himself in relation to this guy. Yeah. 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 Do you have any questions, or are you just along for the ride? Um, I'm not, no pressure. I'm still thinking. You're still thinking. I'm thinking of questions. Okay. Well, should, yeah. Is there anything that you can tell us about season two, like what's coming, like just a word to describe it? Yeah. It doesn't feel bigger. Yeah. Uh, and and messier. It's it's uh, it's strange. Very weird. Very weird. There are things in this yeah. show that I would never have imagined that I would see. I have a tough time. When you have like a tough day at the office on this show, you try to like explain it to someone and they don't get it. Yeah. You know, because you they go like, Hey, how are you doing? It's a rough day. I spent eight hours feeding lobsters. Yeah. You know, you you, from my own mouth. Right. It starts to become normal the things you do. Or like yeah, yeah, today was tough, the dog didn't know his dialogue. Yeah. There's something that I don't think I can explain even after having done it. We've shot them and they're part of the show. I don't think I I can explain that. Yeah. And TV is such that, you know, you don't have the whole season figured out when you start filming. So it's not like doing a movie where you have the script and you know the whole thing, you have time to come to terms with it. You're getting new pages every day. Yeah. And you're going, okay, I guess I gotta just learn this. You know, you don't have time to really interrogate the reality. You just go, I just gotta make it feel real. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying. One final question. Do we have one? Where uh, we saw uh, a lot of, we got word of some teases of some superheroes, and we saw um, the, the, is that going to be a main villain for the second season? Is that where, I want to know, is that Lobster Cleese, Lobster Cleese? Where do we land on that? We go over, we sort of litigate how to pronounce it, but we end up settling within the show on Lobster Cleese. Yeah. Lobster is the main character this season. I mean, we have a lot of them, and I think a lot of this season is about uh, the chicken Arthur came to prominence at the time where superheroes weren't really around. Yeah. And uh, they were fighting the terror, who is a clear cut bad guy, one of the worst guys there ever was. And now we're dealing with a lot of gray area. You have a lot of heroes coming in, and we're kind of figuring out if they're doing it for the right reason. We have a lot of people who look bad that might be good, and people who look good who might be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, different types of conflict. So, uh, you know, I, I think. We, we want to be vague about who the primary antagonist of the show is. I get because it. Because I think part of the show is about uh, us not knowing who we're actually fighting against or if we're fighting. Or Bigger evil. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for your you time, so man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Lovely okay. to meet you. Lovely meeting you. Yeah. Lovely Thank you so much. Meeting you. We're going to rotate Thank other... You. We have to use this table for other interviews. Uh, so Beat it. Talk radio. Blah, blah, blah. Yakety-schmackety. News radio. Dinosaur Neil is now 70 feet.
call. But there's only one radio show just for you, the Fox Kids Countdown. Every Sunday morning, we'll count down the hottest hits you pick, and you'll hear your favorite stars from movies, music, and Fox Kids. Right, Dick? We're like musical cottony swabs swabbing out the earlobes of America. <laughs> right oh, So clean out your ears and turn your radio every Sunday morning to... The the Fox Kids Countdown. Well, I remember I, that. Know, I kind of don't remember that. Was that like a a video show or something? No. Uh, this they actually tried this. Well, uh, okay, so let me just kind of reset this just a little bit. I loved Bobby's World when I was a kid. Right. Uh, it was a Howie Mandel character. It was a Saturday morning cartoon. Bobby's World was amazing. Um, I don't know why. I, don't, I guess it was just because the idea that this kid can imagine his whole world around him obviously is very, very awesome to like a kid's mind. Um, so mm-hmm. I think what they did is they repackaged Bobby's world. And I think it was like an Animaniacs cartoon, I think. And the tick. And they tried to do this on Sunday mornings. So this was in the 90s. And they did Sunday morning cartoons and it was like the fox kids countdown on sunday mornings and the tick was a part of oh that. yeah okay the uh-huh. yeah so uh i just wanted to take you back a little bit there but uh yeah great interview uh to you great to interview i think john got his answers there uh oh thank you that's also my son uh uh-huh, little jimmy right. but i think yeah uh uh peter did definitely talk about that in the beginning of the interview there about his influences about trying not to do too much, you know, making it his own, which I, I think he did. Uh, he's my personal favorite. Although like we've mentioned, they're all kind of interchangeable, but uh, he has his little nuances and is kind of a little more over the top heroism than Patrick Warburton's in my opinion. Yeah. I think he's a little bit more. Um, I think he's a little bit more like true to the spirit of the character um, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's a little not to to downplay Patrick's or Mr. Warburton's performance, but he's a little more into it, a little more over the top, he, closer to the like, cartoon. Yeah, I think he's taking it more seriously, like in a way, like 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 this is more real in the Amazon version than in the Fox live TV version, which was just kind of a little bit more spoofy. If you could even believe that I thought Uh, I Mm -hmm. did watch Mm -hmm. that show when it came out back, you know, back in the two thousands or whatever. Um, I watched, you know, at least half of the nine episodes, you know, back then, you know, so Mm -hmm. uh, I've been a fan of the tick without even really kind of thinking about it for a long time. And, um, when this thing this thing came out big time two years ago at Comic Con with this huge installation, uh, I'll never forget it. Like they basically rented out this whole building. No, no, they like brought in like a pop up building, right? And um, so you're talking about uh, Comic Con, uh, San Diego Comic Con, uh, 2017. Uh, where this would have been the season one of the tick had a yep. big install downtown, just outside of the convention center where they has, I recall you had a big uh, staging area with air conditioning and charging like stations and, TVs, and like, yeah, like couches and like a nice shit. cool area. Cause it, it was very hot. We spent a lot of time in there that day. No, no hot chicks. And then yeah, they took, chicks. Oh yeah. Hot chicks. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> there was some, uh, with a, uh, and I think uh, they're we... playing the first episode. Uh, we in the business call them uh, booth bunnies, but they, they had booth some booth bunnies. bunnies. Yeah, booth bunnies. Right. 
and then we got to go outside and get uh, a T-shirt, right? I think we may got custom-made T-shirts. Yeah, they actually once had we started a, the tick experience. It was like this, like this, like screen printing. So you would like look at these different logos and you would pick the one that you wanted. I'm actually wearing mine right now, and mine says, uh, "Fate is a fickle fella," which I think is funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think. You got to choose a couple of his uh, catchphrases to choose from yeah. a couple of his catchphrases. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was pretty awesome. That was a lot of fun. And then we did, I believe there was an escape room on the back of it, which was really loosely tied to him, the tick. I mean, but it was still a lot of fun. I think it was supposed to represent the like bodega that they go into. Right. Am I not right. am I start, remembering that correctly? That, yeah. Thank you. Uh, it did. We start in the, the bodega that they filmed a, a good portion of the first season in where they hang out and talk to goat and uh, the tick hangs out and eats the rice from grandma. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, no, it was great. And so I, I was really excited about it. And again, I, I didn't read the comics, you know, I, I mean, I've seen a comic of the tick since, you know, the last 25 years or whatever. And, um, but I wasn't a reader of the tick and, I didn't really watch the cartoon, although I'd seen an episode or two and I, I watched whatever there was of the Fox, you know, tick. And I was excited about it, you know, and, and the way that it came out, like this could not fail. This thing was ready to rock. They put the money behind it. Amazon was there. They got the space, they got our attention and the product was great. Um, and a lot of, a lot of what a lot of what was great about this series can be represented in the performances of Peter Serafinowicz and of Griffin Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they nailed it. I think they, uh, especially Griffin, really embodies and I don't know if personification is the right word, but of that character. But he really is just the right amount of nervous, just the right amount of confident, just the right amount of not sure, you know. And um, when he, in the beginning of season two, that first episode, when he wakes up and he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm into this. Let's do it. That was really a good, that's, again, that kind of follows a, what, what you might consider a normal man's thinking. You know, I've, I've, I've done this for a little while. Let's give it a try. You know, I've, I've tried the superhero bag. Let's do it full time. Well, it's funny that you actually bring up that little section because um, I don't, not even sh- like this series the the performances are great absolutely uh but one of the things that this that this environment allows that this property gives you is the ability to be self-referential and in that mm-hmm. series that you just you know what let me just kind of play this for you real quick i i, I kind of I, I want you to kind of notice something oh, here. oh, uh, oh yeah. i think i can guess so, what you're gonna yeah i let uh, play it and let's talk about I, it yeah i have this is the uh Opening of season two. Here we go. Arthur. Arthur. We're part of a plan that's bigger than the both of us. Maybe testing is real. Oh, she's real, chum. I think you're gonna do this, too. Oh, oh, God. 
flying train. No surprise there. You got a flying life, fella. You mean something. Indeed. Yesterday, you bested your nemesis. Today, you wake anew, ready to begin following the hero's way. I think you're right, Tick. What? I'm in. Really? Yeah. Fantastic! And I shall be your teacher. Stern, but fair. Together, we shall explore the rigors of extreme learning. What is this? Oh, you found another one. Great. Wait. What? Tick. Tick. I don't know, but I like it. You've, you've changed again. Everything's changed, fella. The terror has been uprooted, the city is free, and you are finally ready. We shall commence training immediately. Okay. okay. I have been itching to hone that danger reflex of yours. Arthur. Tick. Arthur. Tick. Think quick. What? Ar We'll be working on that one a lot, chum. Oh man, that's good. That is really, 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 hey, really good. You know, yeah. thanks for playing that. And you, uh, excuse me, you mentioned uh, how self-referential it is. And let me just point out something right there. That alarm clock right at the beginning is the uh, same. I mean, I love that they did an alarm clock, right? But it's the same alarm clock, the same pattern, the same beat as the alarm clock of the beginning of the cartoon series. Right? Well, yeah, so that, and before, so before you had... We, before our our caller uh, asked that amazing question about uh, Peter Serafinowicz's performance, I was actually playing the Tick cartoon opening, and we were about to talk about this very subject, but we may have missed the nuance of that cartoon opening. So let me play it again. I really like how it kind of gives you that same little kind of jazzy kind of popping, right? Right, Jimmy? Right. They kind of, whatever you call that, maybe God jazz, I'm not sure, but definitely uh, a throwback, right? The newer, the newer version uh, is a throwback to that. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think I, think I so. want to point out that, that the time on the alarm clock is the same, 6.03. Yeah. When it, when it goes I was about to say 6.30, but I guess my memory is a little anorexic. Not anorexic. Oh. Uh, what's the word? Well, those numbers, those numbers are in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anorexic is not the word. This is the part of our show where we try to figure out what the hell I was – what word I was trying to find. Uh, <laughs> di dyslexic. That's the word I was looking for. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, Griffin Newman's performance uh, – I do think that he personifies this character incredibly. Um, I do love that part where he just kind of wakes up and just says, all right, I'm in. Uh, 
I know Griffin Newman not so much from his acting career, although there is there he's 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 got some credits. I think he was in uh, Draft Day with Kevin Costner. Or, you know, he's been in a couple other things. <laughs> Draft, yeah, correct, correct. I think yeah, he's been but, on TV. Um, what where I know him from is I am a huge fan of his podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and with Griffin and David. Griffin Blank and David. Check with Griffin and David. Um, I really love his podcast. And Shout out to our blankies. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really like his podcast. I listen to it all the time, and uh, I really, if you were to just pull Griffin Newman. That guy who I hear on the podcast, you put a superhero suit on him. That's Arthur to me. When I'm watching this show, I'm getting really meta here. Uh, but it's so to me, like it's it's him in that suit, right? If I don't mm-hmm. know if that's really Griffin Newman coming out. I mean, from the audio that that we just heard of the round table. That's about as honest and true as he can be. I do think he's acting here, and I, I don't want to downplay his performance here. I think he's doing fantastic work. Um, he's got a lot of range, and he's, he's all these things. What I'm saying, though, is that it's just it's so believable. His performance in mm-hmm. The Tick is just so believable. This is the guy that I envision. This is uh, – it's really, really true to the spirit of what Arthur is. Like He shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be up to the task, yet, yet he is. Uh, mm-hmm. he's this kind of moral compass. And I believe, and I don't know if this was intended, but he's really kind of like, he's speaking for all of us nerds out there who we're, we're into Star Trek, we're into Star Wars, we're into Saturday morning cartoons. We kind of played with GI Joe's a little bit too long, <laughs> but we wanted to be heroes. Mm-hmm. And what if we had that power? Would we have it in us to actually take it on and yeah. it's great yeah, to hear he, in season two that he does right mm-hmm. yeah he's he's definitely our the every man that the that the 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 viewers or the watchers are going to uh enjoy the story through his eyes right and, and through his experiences for the most part and and we can relate to him as opposed to not everybody on the show because he doesn't have any powers he's struggling with his suit and uh, and and struggling to come to grips with this world that he's in. Is he going crazy or is he going sane in a crazy world? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think was one of the catchphrases on those t-shirts. Um, so he is, uh, and uh, you know, in, in the first season they touch on, he's not even sure. Uh, like uh, when his family questions him about stuff, he's like, yes, I'm taking my meds. Yes. I'm, I'm doing everything right. I'm fine. I, I know I'm not going crazy. So it, it's fun to watch everything like, it's easy. It's easier for us to react that way through his eyes, through his experiences. Yeah, uh, and that, I don't uh, even think that he's a. He's not so much the everyman as he is the nerd. You know, I think he's very specifically. Yeah. You know, he's he's us. You know, like. Um, he well, was, he was, every he man was, in the sense of the target audience. Yeah, yeah, which is us, right? Being and so you yeah. know, we, right. you know, we we had superhero toys, and you know, it actually goes through a lot of lengths to like establish that he's he he plays with toys. He was playing with toys on the day that those toys came to life and basically fell on his dad and killed him. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's like what happens to that boy? What happens to us if 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 we were 
you know, if our superheroes were real and if they led to the death of our dad, you know, what kind of person would we be? And um, I think that this series does a great job, a fantastic job of kind of taking us down that rabbit hole. And my God, um, it, it doesn't just, it doesn't begin and end with the Arthur character because his family is involved in the aftermath of this, you know, and they mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. kind of pick up the pieces for what the superheroes did or what their failure did and what it led to. And uh, it, this leads to the introduction of what I believe is one of the best characters of this whole series, which was his sister dot. Uh, played by um, uh, Valerie Curry. Uh, Valerie Curry? The lovely Valerie Curry? The lovely Valerie Curry, yeah. And I just, um, this character at the very beginning of the series is just this kind of wet blanket for Arthur. And you could tell that she's just kind of in this moral ambiguity about what to do, um, you you know, because she's just having to kind of make up for Arthur's, you know, kind of moping um you know Mm -hmm. he's kind of the Mm -hmm. sad sack so right there arthur is not fulfilling the nerd hero fantasy he's failing us right now right right in those moments uh dot valerie curry's character has to kind of pick it up and um it leads to some interesting this interesting kind of dynamic between those two characters that we really see blossom into something really extraordinary into season two uh, yeah, uh, well, something that just just occurred to me while you were talking is uh, she has definitely uh, dealt with the death of her father a lot better than Griffin has. <laughs> yeah, she's been able um, to some of it is that, that and get on with her life. And <laughs> well, and you know what? Uh, yeah, uh, and, if uh, if my memory of the series is clear. In the first season of the Amazon, the tick, you're actually, uh, you see the death of Arthur's father through Arthur's eyes. He was playing with the toys and everything like that. And so you're obviously on Arthur's side and you kind of understand why he's having such a hard time of this. And you can see how Dot has to kind of make up for his sadness and try to help him and all this other stuff. But what's not known and not even revealed until the second season was that Dot was also there. Wasn't she just around the corner and she saw this happening as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. So she wasn't at the table and didn't get a big uh, face full of the terror. Like yeah, Arthur. which was an but awesome I, I, scene, yeah, by the way. An was awesome she getting scene. Boot? Right. You got nothing! I, I, I uh, love that scene. Uh, <laughs> uh, played so yeah, by, I don't remember his name, but that's, the, that's, the, that's Kelly from the Bad Jackie News Bear, by Jackie Earl Haley, yeah, who's yeah. good in everything he's ever done, by the way. Uh, yeah. uh, I saw yeah. him first. I'm not kidding, guys. I've saw I I've loved that actor, Jackie Earl Haley, since the Bad News Bears with Walter Matthau. That's like that was like in the 70s. When That's that was 1970s. So Something. Wow. Yeah, I love that movie, and that guy was awesome in them. Anyway, I don't want to get off a topic, but. Uh, uh, Dot was there, you know, she has just as much invested in, in all of this. And yet she behaves very, very differently. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, 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 it almost kind of, yeah, it, it almost allows yeah. Arthur to have, to kind of have 
the freedom to develop this kind of moral compass that Dot seems to not really keep. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Because she has to kind of yeah. – she kind of has to carry the weight of the responsibility of Arthur, and um, she's not really quite allowed to have the freedom of, of a conscience. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm but, maybe I'm putting too much into this, uh, but yeah, no, no, um, no. I, I I wasn't really thinking of such a deep analysis of their their characters, uh, but yeah, you're. I think you're right. Well, I just really liked how that they played out that whole dynamic. They were allowed to kind of have a couple of seasons. Obviously, we would like to see where this was going, uh, but man, I really really like that that relationship. Um, Let's get back to the performances of not just Arthur, but of the Tick himself. What did you like about Peter Serafinowicz specifically? What do you think that he brought in to this that maybe was kind of missing before? Um, well, I guess to mostly to com- – it's hard to not compare him to everybody else, right? Yeah. But uh, Warburton was – a slightly more laid back and let um, kind of like deliver the lines and let the set piece and the costume do a lot of the heavy lifting. Where, as I mentioned before, like I, I think to me, this is my, just my one man's opinion. Uh, Sarah Fenowitz is again, a little, a lot more over the top and a lot more eager to bash justice and a lot more eager to follow the call of destiny. And just, just one, no downtime, 100% hero all the time in, the, in this version of the tick. And I think that comes through in his performance and, and, uh, and to, you know, to see him, to meet him as I did at WonderCon outside of the suit and then to see him in the suit, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really a transformation. He really is so kind and generous in person and then just really over the top on screen. He's a real, just a massive man, isn't he? I mean, and and even if you, if, I think if you just walked into that room and his version of the tick was standing there, there were, you know, before he said anything, you'd look at the costume and wonder what's up. But once he started talking, there probably wouldn't be any doubt that he was a superhero and he was going to take care of it. You know what I mean? There's no, there's, and we don't, you know, you mentioned his backstory or lack of backstory. We don't, he don't necessarily need one. He just is. Like uh, Darth Vader was a much better villain before we knew his backstory, I would argue. (laughs) (laughs) He probably was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's always good to have that little ambiguity because then you can, you can build, you can build everything else around it and it allows you to be really, really, really flexible. Uh, And, um, and that in itself is a running joke. Like, I'm sorry, it could end up being a running joke, like his costume changing every season. Without yeah, any mention which, of it, or, which right. we also, uh, which we also saw, which I think in is genius. The, yeah, which we heard a little bit of. I don't know if you guys kind of picked up on that nuance, but uh, in the opening of season two, uh, which we just heard, um, Arthur is like picking up pieces of the season one suit. Um, now I know that you have a little bit of backstory. There was a little bit of audio that I'm not even sure if we included it in the interview, but where you asked him about the suit, was that a part of the audio? Yes, it was. Uh, can you kind of go yeah, into uh, what is the backstory about that suit? Because season two, uh, actually from the pilot episode to the second episode, there's like this little tip of the hat to it being a different suit. And then in season two, Arthur is literally picking up, pieces of the season one tick suit 
So what's the story right. there? In the, in, in the very, in season one, episode one, which is uh, the pilot, right? So that's probably like uh, a proof of concept type of thing to sell the show. He had a much rubbery, more rubbery, kind of more like a Batman type of uh, body more armor. More of a Warburton. All rubber. Uh, yeah, but light blue and very organic feel texture to it, like more like a bug. Like it had like an exoskeleton and some creepy parts to it. And his, his, like his headpiece was a little wiggly and a little too tight. <clears throat> so then when we, it gets picked up and it gets made for the full season and episode two, uh, he shows up in a slightly different costume. It's more, it's got a little armor on it and it's a little more texturally, it's a little more um, fabricy, I want to say. Uh, and, uh, I think Arthur, they only address it one time. Arthur says, Hey, you look different. And he, and he just says, thanks. I like it. Something like that. And then, uh, when we get to, uh, season two and they, they give it a little more, uh, a little more juice, but they're just kind of like, yeah, it's changing. Uh, we don't need to address it. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, we got a new look. It looks better. Uh, and as you heard in that audio with Peter and Griff, um, when Peter sits down, I get a chance to ask him. I said, hey, let me ask you about the costume. And he just says, uh, next question. And I said, okay, <laughs> let me ask you about last season's costume. He says, next question. He, and um, if we link the videos, you can kind of see he just apparently doesn't like the costume, doesn't like talking about it, doesn't, probably doesn't like wearing it. Uh, might not be too comfortable, but uh, he makes it sing. <laughs> yeah like i think it's really lobster. great i uh i really really like that and how um this actor uh peter serafinowitz he obviously had a problem with the suit with the outfit right this real life human being hated this thing that he had to wear and obviously he's a professional and he puts it on and he performs and it's fantastic and, you know, he probably was complaining about it, which is fine. You know, uh, many actors have complained about the suits that they had to wear. You know, uh, Anthony Daniels almost died in the Tunisian desert wearing the C-3PO suit. Right. So, you know, this is this goes back a long time. <laughs> right. Actually, right. the original actor that played the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz literally did die because of the silver paint that they put on him. So this goes back a long ways, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. what the producers did is from, if I'm reading you correctly, is that they basically, they modified the suit and they put it as part of the narrative. Like he was kind of, right. You know, he was kind of shedding skin or kind of morphing into something else. And they kind of put it into the narrative. I think that's, that's just so clever. And I, I would have loved to have seen, what another change would have been, you know, to the tick, you know, and, you know, kind of seeing where the suit, cause where it ended up with in season two looked really a lot like the Patrick Warburton season suit. Would you not agree? It kind of looked yeah. it kind of went back to that to me anyway. Um, um, yeah. Uh, agreed. Uh, but you know, RE Patrick Warburton suit, which at the time looked great. But when we revisit it these days and with the high def that we didn't have back then, it's a, you know, there's place, if you know, like me, if you're looking at costumes, that's kind of my thing. It's a little wonky in places. And uh, it's, they kind of, uh, for Sarah Fenowitz's That's because you're costume, a Batman fan, at that. and you are always complaining about something. Well, to, to be fair, I mean, costume making is kind of my, one of my thing one of my things. So I, I do take note of that stuff. And I appreciate Cosplay, good costumes. I believe is what the kids are calling it. Cosplay, yeah, and I'm not afraid to point out when things don't look that great, as you well know. 
but uh but yeah so his his costume it really sings it takes uh it takes away all the seams which is kind of the challenge of that character right when you see him in the comic book form he's just a big he's just big and blue he doesn't have gloves no boots no nothing and uh in in season one uh walter even asked him he said so is this a costume are you wearing anything are you naked right now and and the tick didn't even know he was like i'm not sure am i always naked am i always not naked well and then they they even they even go a step further where he's questioning if he's even not if he's not a some kind of robot you know like he thought he was oh yeah yeah. he meets the robot he thinks he's a robot for a while right (laughs) and uh, the show is so good good. arthur just keeps going tick he doesn't even address it he just tick you're not a robot just as he, he, he'll say, oh, my robot brain does not compute that. Uh, tick, you're not a robot. Uh, that's, uh, and, I think that's really um, good. Just great, just great writing. Just great writing. Just fantastic writing. Uh, if there's out, one thing, to all the writers. I apologize. I don't know your names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if there's one thing, though, that any Tick series has shown us is that the Tick alone does not stand. And what he needs is his... Uh, he needs his peanut gallery. He needs his supporters. He needs his Arthur. He needs his, his support. He needs his villains. He needs all of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Amazon series, uh, we got to see um, the introduction, I believe, of a couple of really cool supporting characters. One, one character, oh, my God. I, we already talked about Dot. And I have a lot of positive mm-hmm. things to say. Even we can still talk about Dot all day if you wanted to. But I really, really loved the Overkill character. Oh my God, was he awesome! Yeah, he is. Re- he is really cool. He's got, uh, I think, a, a brilliantly written, written uh, arc from when he was in the original Fab Force Five or whatever they called the Flag Five. Uh, until now, and now he's kind of a Punisher uh, takeoff. I guess that's who I put him as. And, and that's uh, played by Scott Spezer, right? <clears throat> Correct. The yeah. uh, magnificently talented and uh, breathtakingly handsome Scott Spezer. Oh yeah, he's a good-looking son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, great dancer. Uh, and also, you know, <laughs> a couple of the other uh, dot we met. You mentioned dot before, but I also really like their take uh their like he's i, I kind of put him as their superman um uh plug if you will superior uh, superior is what he's called yep. yeah, yeah. And when, I was, kinda when the, I was typing in when i was typing in the you know superior it was correcting me mm-hmm. to superman right so like the, even right, my right, right. autocorrect was trying to tell me that no you mean superman superman i'm like no i mean superior and yeah uh Th- th- that character was fantastic. Was amazing to me. Played by Brandon Hines, I believe. Brandon Hines, yeah. Also very uh, quite fetching in person. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and you got to talk to all of them. And uh, I'd be damned I had to sit if this... down. I... Uh huh. My son and I had to sit down again at this past WonderCon 2019 with uh, Brendan, Valerie, and Scott. And uh, we had just come out of the panel and saw the first episode of season two. And they kind of tell us what's going to happen. So spoilers if you haven't watched it yet. But uh, no secrets. They just, they, they, you know, I think one of the most interesting things is uh, Brendan touches on about they, they, 
everybody here, I think, mentioned season three. Everybody talks about looking forward to season three. So the canceling seems to have come as a surprise to everybody. These guys are still talking about the plot lines they have in, in mind for season three. And Brendan, and if you've watched it, there's a, there's a couple of really big uh, cliffhangers at the end of the season two. That, uh, so how, how about this? We'll uh, why don't we listen to this audio? And after it's over, Magic we're going to come back in and we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So if you haven't watched it. season two yet, uh, don't listen to this final uh, segment of our show because we're going to talk about this thing. We're going to see what uh, uh, we're going to reset everything that Dot and Overkill and Superior tell us because uh, I've had the pleasure of already hearing this interview. I think it's fantastic. These actors are fantastic. They're amazing. Uh, I hope they get jobs again really, really soon. And uh, Magic oh, no, Interview no, Machine. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Magic Interview Machine, take us, to, uh, take us back to WonderCon 2019 with Brandon Hines, Valerie Curry, and Scott Spiezer. Doing? Okay, I'm Brendan. Uh, there you go. Hi, Jimmy. I'm Valerie. Stand up. And I'm Scott. Nice to meet you. I'm also Jimmy. Nice to meet you guys. We've met before. That's the first time around at Comic Con. I was at the press and met you guys. So, uh, Are you going to be asking me questions? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't. What did I just say? Um, any characters you can tell us for season two? Like, like new characters? Yeah. New characters. Yes. Yes, we can. Um, uh, John Hodgman? Yes, plays Dr. Agent Hobbs, or Agent Doctor. Dr. Dr. Agent. Dr. Agent Hobbs. Um, the great John Hodgman. Yeah, we've got Stephen Hobbs. The great Stephen. The great Stephen Hobbs. Who plays King Dead. Who's made of rubber. Yep. And can somebody say he's a lawyer? I never meet him, so it's, <laughs> he never told me. You already scripted it? Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I, we find uh, season two, uh, we saw the, we just saw the first uh, episode, right? And it looks like both Overkill and Superior, and we didn't get to see you. You're no. still in a bit of a funk over what happened in season one? I is that am, fair? Uh, uh, humanity is in a funk at me. They're mad at me. A lot of people on social media are... Uh, are having the audacity to uh, put thumbs down uh, on pictures of Superion, and he's finally just uh, uh, seeing what social media is, and he goes into a bit of a shame spiral because of it, and um, basically goes into indefinite retirement and starts wandering around feeling sorry for himself and causing havoc. So it's, so it's going to be a different arc for you this season? Uh, yeah, yes, very much. Uh, it's some self-discovery for for uh, for Superior. He's going on a bit of a, a bit of a, of a walkabout. And any chance you can tease how that ends up? Positively, negatively. I can't tease. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It ends up in a really interesting place for uh, season three. Okay, great. Uh, which is what I'm really excited about. The way that Superior's arc, where we leave it, uh, is like an incredible beginning to what season three is going to be. I, I just love how much, especially this season, how much Superior, you know, he's hundred years he's been there as a superhero, he can do no wrong, and the whole world is affected by him, and now he gets so affected by this little aspect of modern society and social media. It's so funny how this comes from somewhere else, that he's so deeply affected by this thing that all of us 
in 2019 get affected by either majorly or minorly every single day. It's right. cool to watch how this all-powerful being kind of tries to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And how about uh, Overkill? Is he uh, he's on a, a different path this season as well? Uh, yes. I mean, he's. Um, um, got a new mission that relates to a little bit of his past that we learn about that I can't talk much about that. I don't think he's that a little bit. Maybe. You gotta I mean, give us something. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's... We get to see a little bit of, like, where Overkill actually came from and who he was before he was Overkill. Yes. And how he got to be that. Exactly. And there's, there's, that sort of aspect of that character from that that inspires the next mission, um, which, uh, which he doesn't, he doesn't take that mission alone. He's got partners in crime. Um, and, uh, you get to see just him finding the way to, to work with other people. What about, and uh, we're also teased with Dot may or may not have some sort of power? Yeah, um, so Dot, uh, Dot's arc in the second season is, is a vast part of the first season, um, and I think in a way it's sort of her hero's call, and um and the way that she responds to that, but it's kind of it's kind of thrust upon her, and she doesn't have a guide the way that Arthur does. You know what I mean? Um, kind of guided, spirit guided. Sure. Um, but also bad influence. Um, but uh, yeah, so she's um, it's the potential power is also this kind of uh, metaphor for her finding herself because she spent so many years bypassing like her own experience and her own trauma by taking care of other people, and now that she can't do that, she's not needed to do that, she's kind of left alone with herself to see what, what's there. Um, it's really exciting, you know, and it's exciting because she is now pursuing her own meaning, and um, and there's also room for there to be friction about that, you know, with our service of family, um, when she stops performing the role that she always has. Um, it doesn't necessarily go Right on. Um, let's see what else can we talk about in uh, season two. Does anybody? I noticed that uh, the tick, is, his costume is evolving. Does anybody else's costume evolve a little bit? Do you still wear yours My on your walk about? I mean, maybe it's a little dirtier. Costume? No. It's, your face costume. That's true. Zuberian has given up on uh, on um, you know you know look, looking presentable for cameras. So he's growing out the uh, he's growing out the ticket a little bit and uh, the face ticket. But also, I can't say. I guess. I thought it was like a hipster. No, I just made it. He's making some bitters in the back. <laughs> he is. He's chopping wood. Uh, but he does actually get out of his uh, super suit. He does for the first time, probably for the first time in 100 years. He gets out of his super suit and tries to uh, walk around incognito, uh, but it doesn't really it doesn't really have any effect. Everybody kind of already knows who he is. But, uh, I can't. I don't want to give away the joke, but there's a great joke one of the other characters has about Superior's new outfit. Uh, the, uh, the the guy who plays Tyrannosaurus Rathbone has a great. Just look out for that. Just look out for his line about what Superior's new outfit looks like. It's great. Uh, definitely changes. Uh, again, influences. But also, you know, when you're engaging in certain morally ambiguous, potentially nefarious behavior, like you don't want people to recognize you. So again, face thick it. Face thick it. Face thick it. Overkill's costume does not really change. He, 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 the mask is on less, um, mainly, I mean, I guess 
constantly we're seeing just his ability to kind of deal with other people and as opposed to like hiding and that. But yeah. We also see the sort of vulnerability of you know. Of the like, cops. Yeah, well, yeah, the whole That's true. situation. That's true. There, is a, there will be, there is towards the end a, a, a thing, a slight change, I should say, that happens. Um, it's not slight, it's major, but it's, um, yeah, I, I can't say it. I'm just saying, like, yeah. nigh, also not totally in all. True. Um, can you talk about your uh, favorite hiding spot up in the corner of the room? How, 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 what, he loves to what talk about that. process oh, of getting up that? Man, I've noticed, I, particularly when I saw it this time in all that gear, it can't be. It's better this time. Awful. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, the situation this year was better. Last year was. Um, they learned from that the way, you know, in a harness. Can you just do this for real up. last year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, I just put it, it almost felt like they wanted me to just do that for real. Um, but, you know, you've got the, the, the machetes are back. Like, there's yeah, so much going on. But so last year, they were, there was a harness. This year was a little different. There's some effects. There's some green screen thing happening. So I'm kind of actually propped up a little bit. He got to sit on me. Which made it. incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't get to lay down. Oh, I'm a dangler. I dangle from the wires. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm floating up there in space on my phone. <laughs> Oh, that's true. I did lay down. Yeah, you lay down in the bed. In season one, not so much in season two. That's just one thing. There's a couple. No? I'm in a bed this season, okay? Just one season. You're forgetting about the other one. The resting in the bed season? Oh, I'm in two beds. Yeah, I'm in two beds. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's teaching. Yeah, it's not an inappropriate bed. That's where you're playing in bed. But anyway, yeah, that is. that's just very tough, uncomfortable. Yeah. What uh, can uh, you specify Superior's uh, heat vision? Is that flavor vision or heat vision? Uh, oh, those are, yeah, different. Uh, they come out of different uh, uh, cones in the eyes, I think. Um, oh, is it a combination? Two, it's more, yeah, heat vision, structo, destructo eyes. We don't... We don't we don't have any flavor vision in two lamentable, uh, but he does destroy a fair amount of things with his with his struct eyes, which I just called. Yeah, I just I say, is that a thing? Struct eyes. Struct eyes. Got that? Yeah. Well, sure. Been right to the mix. What's the favorite thing we can look forward to this season? Your favorite, personal? Oh. Um, for me personally, kind of actually with Valerie, there's there is right, but there for me, my, there's, you actually get to see a little more vulnerability from uh, from Overkill, and you learn a little bit about his past and how he got to where he is. And uh, uh, so, as far as my experience shooting and for the character this season, that was it. I mean, in general, I think the level of ridiculousness that the show gets to with some of the ideas that come out of Ben's head. Um, are just magnificent. Um, I think, you know, I was saying earlier, I, I read them sometimes in the script and I say, that's totally insane. I laugh out loud, it's totally insane. It's never going to happen, and then it's happening. Um, so, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really excited that Doc is part of me, so I could pick math and, like, literally, it was really fun. Um, uh, before we even started shooting, it was something that Ben wanted to be a part of her repertoire, and um, so I got to start training in doing fight training uh, with like Krav Maga, and uh, 
And then I guess they're really exciting and Because she's got to hold her own, you know, hanging out with, hanging out with these guys. You're a badass. It was, it was really, really fun. Um, and it looks really cool from everything that I've seen. And uh, it's almost something I love that I've, like, kept up doing. So I'm excited to see that. It's like action hero dream. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Um, good. And uh, I'm just excited for everybody. To see. We have such a big cast this year, and I'm really just excited for everybody's performance, from the original cast to all of the the new uh, characters on the show. Everyone is so 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 good. John Hodgman, Mark Kudich, uh Clay, right? Clay is so funny. His face is super numerary. Stephen Hogg. Um, everybody is just great. So we have a, we have an incredible cast, and we also had some great directors. I thought this yeah. year, more than half of which were women. Is that true? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think more than half of the episodes were directed. And, and they were great too. So yeah, I just I need to you. Okay, okay. Anyway, thanks guys. Hey, right. appreciate your hey, time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Nice meeting you guys. Thank you so much. Nice to, yeah, my pleasure. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, have a good one. Take care. Have fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. with a breakout new season of Family Guy. Hush! Hush! I am! It won't go back in! Then, fear not, America. The tick is here. I'd love to see the tiny fella who left this behind. It all starts at 8, 7 Central, Thursday on Fox. Life's a trip when you're the tick. Right on! He's one suave superhero who can slide into any situation. I feel monkey funky. So what's the trick that makes the tick hip? No one knows. Catch the tick this Saturday on Fox Kids. Catch the tick on Fox Kids. That's great. (laughs) I love that. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, in case you didn't pick up on that, you heard two different TV spots. One was from the live-action uh, Patrick Warburton uh, show, and then the second one was from the Tick cartoon TV spot commercial. Uh, both of them sounded again. You could kind of interchange them. Uh, the the thing that Ben Ed, um, Edlin does is he he wanted to create a character that you can show in different mediums. Um, and he really did that here. Um, it's not just a spoof of superhero characters, but it's also a spoof on superhero media, right? So it's Mm -hmm. comic strips, comic books, comic cartoons, uh, television, live action, now television streaming, streamable. Yeah, and and so where is it going now, right? That's why this show, this is this is not awake, right? <laughs> we're not we're no. not putting this thing in, in the grave. We're we're waiting for the no, next version of I'm, the tick. I'm changing it from I'm still going to use hashtag save the tick, but I'm going to throw in there hashtag celebrate the tick, so that we don't um, forget I got something and, even and better. I got something even oh, lay it on better. Me. Hashtag Give it to me, Marky. Tick lives. Tick, tick lives. lives. Tick lives. That's because it. That's the one. Because the, Tick is coming back. We know it's coming back because it always does. Because you know the the Ho- tick ho- is blue. Hopefully, it won't be fifteen years, but he will be back. back. Yes. 
That's what that's what the tick is. It 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 survives. It always exists. You know, if your dog has ticks, try to get rid of them. Good luck. They always <laughs> come back. That's a that's our next show though. A different kind of tick. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, good good job on this interview. Um, uh, you guys didn't Thanks. see they this. Were, I, they were super nice. They were super nice. And uh, they were so nice to my son, who was a little nervous, but he got a question in. And uh, you know what really probably kind of threw him off is that she's a, you know, Valerie Curry is a really pretty girl. <laughs> so, oh, you know, very easy on the eyes, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, your your son is what, 12? Uh, at the time, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah, not so sure. You know, he I was, think his voice. You know, I think when she talked to him, his voice cracked a little bit. Yeah. Oh, he, he so had a boner. You, you know, you know, your son had a boner. Yeah. He had a boner. Well, uh, I don't. Well, he didn't mention that to me, and I didn't ask. So. Um, and you shouldn't. Maybe? And he shouldn't. But yeah, you know. <laughs> right. So, but no, uh, right. they, they were they were fantastic. Uh, and he actually, when he was put on the spot, he came up with a question. Good, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shooting from the yeah. hip, he got something in. I'm, I'm pretty proud of him. Good job, little guy. <laughs> Good job, man. Uh, but yeah, so we just heard some audio from WonderCon 2019. Um, not to get specific around the around this 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 group of roundtable, but if you look at all the tick audio that you captured and all the time that you spent with these guys, going back even to Comic Con 2017, um, what did you think was the chance of the success of this show? Well, I thought it was a hundred percent. The first season was great, and they Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime spent a lot of money at Comic Con to promote it and get it out there, which is what you're going to do for a brand new show, right? And uh, just just spend a crap ton of money and promote it, and that's the place to do it. San Diego Comic Con, the Big Banana. And however, I was excited to see it renewed. I was excited to see how much money they spent at WonderCon to promote this past WonderCon to promote season two, which really led me to believe that there would be a season three because the way the cast spoke and as much, I mean, they were the, they were on the bad, the tick was on the badges. They were kind of the central focus of the, of WonderCon as far as all the media and everything. And, um, so it really came as a not as a not only as a shot in the gut, but a very big surprise to hear that it wasn't renewed for a season three, and then uh, mildly surprising that nobody else wanted it. Like uh, I, I guess that's kind of the thing. If your show gets canceled, you shop it around to other networks. But uh, how many times can that happen? That can't be every show's salvation, right? You know. Um, yeah, it, it seems like in addition, in addition to the tick, uh, was another. I can't think of what other show it was. Oh, Swamp Thing just got canceled. Uh, every, every, every that was after one episode can't... at least. I mean, that was horrible. <laughs> that oh was Jack Ruby had a longer television career than the Swamp Thing. <laughs> Jack Ruby, like the person, had a longer life than that. Deep cut. <laughs> Deep yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I. I mean, I'm totally with you. I mean, it, it's it's this. Like, not not every prayer is answered, you know? I mean, and it's just, um, there are forces here that we don't understand, uh, 
And the thing that I, that I'm holding on to, uh, it's not just about hope, right? It's that this show, this character, this universe, this property, I don't know what you want to call it, but franchise, this franchise, it always works. It just never succeeds. Mm -hmm. And in that, it, that, premise you can go on and you can continue because you can rebuild it you can reimagine it and it's going to be just as great as it always was the other kiss of death in this particular version of the show was that alan tudyk was involved uh uh past and future guests of, you have a, you have uh, a Saturday morning past and future guest alan tudyk how you doing <laughs> yeah. alan every um, single but thing yeah you do that have alan a tudyk particular theory in, about that <laughs> Yeah, every single thing that Alan Tudyk has ever done fails, but it's always great. <laughs> All of it. Like, well, um, he was in Rogue One, and every single one of those characters dies at the end, you know? Um, <laughs> so, but Rogue, like, it's Rogue, just, our, Rogue One made a fair amount of money, though. I mean, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, but, yeah, I think it did okay over. at the box office. It's over. It's never going to be again. You know? oh, there's, that, no, there's no Rogue One 2. <laughs> So, Alan Tudyk's um, uh, characters have finite shelf life. Uh, for those of you that did not know, uh, Alan Tudyk plays the boat in uh, The Tick. Danger Boat. Danger Boat. Danger Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DB. Uh, so, yeah. As Arthur would later call him DB. <laughs> I just think it's a, it's just one of those things that if Alan Tudyk's involved, it's all over. And we should have known better. Yeah. And it doesn't – it's got nothing to do with the quality. It's got nothing to do – with its popularity even. I mean, we love The Tick. When that installation was at Comic-Con in 2017, it was popular and people were lined up for it and it was fantastic. And it had all the uh, all the pomp and circumstance of a huge release and it was successful back then. Um, but it still didn't work out. And um, I just... I don't know why it is, but I don't doubt for a second that this show will not pop its head up again in some amazing form and will instantly fall in love with it, and then it'll be canceled again. Unfortunately, that's probably what will happen. But yeah. I can't wait for the next one. I can't wait for the next iteration. <laughs> I can't wait uh, uh, whether it's uh, a full-length movie whether it's a uh, radio drama, whether it's another uh, animated uh, series or some sort of uh, movie. I think I, I, I love the character. I love the universe. I, I really like um, Ben Enlin's uh, voice of, uh, I want to say his ideas for all the different characters and the different takes and the way to um, – Uh, 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 sorry, I lost track there. <laughs> um, where no, I, no, I, go on. I, I just got a note. I'm, I'm sorry, I just got a note, and I was trying to read it. Um, uh, okay, well, we actually, um, you know what? Um, while this is all getting worked out, um, the one thing that we haven't like we really have a heard caller? yet. Yeah, um, we have some. Uh, I'm going to play the Tick Live series opening. It's a short. It's a short break. It's about 30 seconds, but we haven't heard it yet. And here we go. 
I am the wild blue yonder, the front line in a never-ending battle between good and not so good. Together with my stalwart sidekick Arthur and the magnanimous help of some other folks I know, we formed the ying to villainy's malevolent yang. Destiny has chosen us. Wicked men, you face the tick. So, uh, the tick. Jimmy, what do you right. have to say about it? You're talking about the tick. They, everybody seemed excited for season three. Uh, nobody seemed to have a clue that it was even uh, an option. They, they, they were talking about plot lines and, uh, and cliffhangers for, that were meant to be looked at in season three, and hopefully we'll get to see that someday. Uh, yeah, I think uh, best case scenario, it shows up again. Uh, it kind of reinvents itself and it goes into like another um, it goes into like another media. Right. So we saw it in comic strips. We saw it in comic books. We saw it in cartoons. Um, and now we're going to see it again in, you know, some other kind of streaming service, some kind of YouTube channel. Um, it's going to be amazing to kind of see where it comes up in the future. Um, that said, look, we were a part of the fight. We wanted to save the tick. We recorded a whole episode that tried to save the tick that obviously didn't really work out the way that we wanted to, but here we are. Missed it by a little bit day late and a dollar short. Yeah. Uh, here we are again. So now we're going to celebrate the tick. We're going to, Hashtag the tick lives. (laughs) Hashtag the tick lives. And you know what? We're going to look forward to what it has to say about the, the nerd culture uh, about, you know, where the pop culture is going to be. You know, we, we look forward to what the tick has to bring in the future. So uh, let's go ahead and let's thank our, our guests, uh, Peter Serafinowitz, Griffin Newman, uh, Brennan Hines, Valerie Curry, uh, Scott Spezer. Thank you for Grim Shea for recording that awesome interview. I mean, that awesome intro. Uh, we wish that you were here. Um, yeah, thanks to that first caller, John. We're going to send you out something, maybe a hat or something. Thanks for yeah, your call. Yeah, and um, uh, it, we, we actually have some more hats to give away. And I actually have an iPhone, not, is it an iPhone uh, 7, uh, the Tick case or cover so uh uh text uh, um uh tweet us at stay classy sdcc or what what's yours jimmy uh retrocoolnerd.com i'm at, All right. retro, at retro cool nerd all right. And, uh, you know, just uh, give us a tweet. Tell us how much you enjoyed the show minus uh, the caller and um, we'll be able to send right. you some stuff. All right, guys. Um, but uh, I don't know, guys. The only thing that I have to say about this is Tick lives. Tick and now lives. we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.